to the 13 Club podcast. Uh, my name is Miranda. And I'm Kim. And today you are listening to a postmortem. Uh, postmortems are kind of what we think of as little mini-sodes where we uh, elaborate on things that maybe didn't quite make it into the next or uh, into the previous episode or uh, things that uh, we found after the fact or even just fun little things that we wanted to share with you. These are kind of mm-hmm. just little like bonus episodes we put in between the regular ones. They're very yeah. exciting. Honestly, the reason why we do them is it's on. It's honestly just easier for us to do a quick one because we want to give you the full content mm-hmm. for the regular episodes. Definitely. But we still want to keep you entertained on a weekly basis. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you find something really cool and it's like worth sharing, but it's not worth like a 30 yeah, minute deep info. dive. <laughs> the I'm so turned around today that I almost said I'm Miranda. Uh-oh. So, yeah. That's how we're going to start this one out. I'm Kim. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people wouldn't notice because people say we sound alike, which I don't think so. Really? That surprises me. I've had a couple of people be like, I can't tell the difference between your voices. I think my voice is a lot deeper than yours. I think that um, I get a little squeaky, but... <laughs> I think it's a good contrast because I think you can clearly tell, but I'm biased because it's my own voice. It also, it might be one of those things, um, I think of like other podcasts where... Like, uh, back when, like, My Favorite Murder was getting started, I think they constantly had people say they couldn't tell them apart. Yeah. But it's one of those things, like... But I can definitely tell them apart. The more that you listen to people, you're able to, like, establish not just their voices, but their, like, patterns of speech and things like that. Yeah. So, I want to talk about... Well, so first, I found something kind of interesting, um, that pertains to our last episode, episode 26. I talked about, um the, like, mysterious case of Netta Fornario, who mm-hmm. was an occultist um, in the early 20th century. Um, she went to the Isle of Iona and was staying there for a few months, um, and then something mysterious happened uh, where she was gonna leave, and then uh, she ended up staying, and that night she disappeared, and she was found a couple of days later murdered in a very, like, ritualistic way. Um, and she, because, given that she was, like, very into the occult, she was very into, like, certain types of energy and spirits and, like, the fairy and, like, the fae. You know, this was in Scotland. Um, and a lot of people who are in the occult attribute those kind of things as, like, having something to do with her death and, like, a psychic, psychic attacks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least her friends at the time kind of felt like that, that had something to do with it. And um, they were kind of like, oh, we know a few people that she might have had problems with. Right. You may- and we're like, T- what's the tea? Yeah. I, well, so I wasn't able to find anything about that, um, although I did want to. But I did find mm-hmm. somebody who has a, like, a rationalist's take um, on something to do with her death, and I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they were saying that, if you remember in the case, one of the things is that uh, when her body was found, and, like, shortly before she went missing... Um, the person that she was staying with on the island noticed that her jewelry had all, like, become tarnished overnight. Yeah, yeah. Which was really weird. Um, so this person, uh, has kind of their theory, and they point out, um, that they think the reason her silver jewelry turned black, um, was almost certainly because of acidosis, uh, which yeah, is that her body... Yeah, I was body... about something like that. Hmm? I was wondering about something like that. Yeah, so they were, acidosis is, like, when your body acidity is particularly high. Um, it says this condition 
is a condition surprisingly common in type 1 diabetes, where it is called diabetic ketoacidosis, or DKA. Even though type 1 diabetes usually first presents either in young children or in the mid-teens, a surprisingly large number, around 25% of cases, present in adults. It can be triggered by stress, changes in environment, stuff like that. Um, even though her father was a doctor, she believed as a young woman that she was able to cure others telepathically. So I would suggest that she perhaps wasn't really the kind of person who would sit themselves down in front of a general practitioner to talk about her health issues. Hence, it would not surprise me at all if she was suffering from type 1 diabetes, and this was largely what her trip to Iona Isle was all about, to try and harness the power of the fairy magic to heal herself, even though she was clearly becoming increasingly unwell. Um, had she always been unwell? Even though uh, her friend, the wonderfully flaky Dion Fortune, believed that her friend Netta had died of some kind of astral excess or psychic attack, she did concede that perhaps, quote, she was not a good subject for such experiments, for she suffered from some defect of the pituitary body. Mm -hmm. Dead on a chilly Scottish moor in November, naked apart from a silver chain and a knife, once she reached Iona, far from London's hospitals, that would seem to me to be how her life would inevitably come to an end. Um, and that person feels like there doesn't really seem to be any other like, way that it could have gone. Like They feel like that's what it is. I also kind of wonder, like, I don't know exactly what it's like but i wonder if she was feeling like very warm like oh. very hot and like and, and that, that's why she wasn't wearing clothes i don't know that's it's like when people have the like when you go into hypothermia for a little while like right before you die you just feel really hot yeah 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 that's a good point i have no clue and, yeah maybe that's why she's stripped down because and that's maybe also why she wanted to be outside yeah well I, that's i mean i think that's the thing about this case we'll never know like ultimately I'm sure there are plenty of things that could be a rational explanation for it, um, mm -hmm. but she lived her life and surrounded herself with people uh, in such a way that, like, I think there's always going to be, like, the slightest sliver of a question of, like, whether something supernatural was going on. Yeah, I mean, the way they found her body is it, weird. Yeah, no, she was literally found on a, like, cross that was dug into the ground yeah. next to a knife. Yeah. Like, n n I, like, I kind of personally feel like there was somebody else on the island with her that night. Yeah. Um, particularly, so. someone said they had, like, seen an unknown person around on the island with her in the past. So I, I think she was a victim of foul play, and that maybe that did have something to do with, uh, uh, Order of the Golden Dawn drama, but we'll just right, never know. Right, but that doesn't mean she wasn't sick at the same time. So. Yeah. We just don't know. And yeah. um, since that was kind of like a, a really short little update, I had like a little second second thing um, that I wanted to share with you guys. Just a, a little game recommendation. Um, mm. And I have recommended this one to you before, Kim, but I wanted to share it with everybody because we're getting into like spooky season. And this is like the time of year when I feel like we're all thriving. And yeah. um, I'm hyped for it. Um, I wanted to talk, like, for just a short minute about a game that I really like. Um, it's called Goetia. Goetia? Oh, yeah. Goetia? Yeah. Um, so Goetia, yeah. Goetia, yeah, okay. Whew. Uh, I was, like, sweating on whether or not, <laughs> not I was going to be saying that right. Um, so this is a game that's by a little, like, French indie game developer called Sushi, and it was published by Square Enix. Um, unfortunately, I'm thinking Sushi games might be defunct. Um, as oh, no. their Twitter hasn't been updated since 2018, 
and both the website for Goetia as well as their main website both return 404 errors. So that sucks. Um, but I was going to tell you a little bit about the game. It's a point-and-click adventure um, originally developed for the PC, but and you can like get it on Steam, but I actually played it for the first time on the Switch. It was like a year ago or so, maybe. Um, it was on sale on the Switch store for 99 cents, and I was like, well, I can't afford to not buy it at that price. So I, you yeah. know, I got it. Um, the synopsis that's on Steam is... <clears throat> The ruins of any village are the silent testament to its final moments. The ruins of Oak Marsh are no different. The telling silence, the dust blanketing what was once a quiet village near Coventry. The name of a manor and the family that lived within. A perverted and mad lineage, a clan whose final members devoted their life to mysticism and fanatical experiments. I am Abigail, Abigail Blackwood, recently risen from the grave. I know nothing about the last 40 years of my family's history. But obviously, someone is keen on seeing me lift the veil on what happened in Oakmarsh, to what led to the downfall of Blackwood Manor, and it seems like I have no choice in the manor. So, basically, you play as the ghost of Abigail Blackwood. Um, you spend most of the game as this little, like, kind of glowing ghost orb. Um, you can pass through walls, possess objects, um, and the majority of your gameplay is kind of exploratory in nature. Um, you're exploring the ruins of the manor, uh, the forest nearby, the town that's been abandoned, um, you're solving puzzles and stuff in order to find out what happened to your family and to, uh, so to speak, face your demons. Um, mm -hmm. The name of the game, of course, is a reference to the practice of Goetia, or the summoning of demons. Um, it's taken from the ancient Greek, one of the meanings of the word being sorcery. Um, and then there's the, the Lesser Key of Solomon is an anonymous grimoire on demonology, which com was compiled in the mid-17th century from older materials. Um, it's divided into five books, one of which is the Ars Goetia, which is most notable for its list of 72 demons, as well as their rankings in hell and the seals associated with them. And those uh, seals and some of those demons are uh, important to the game. So that's neat. It kind of, like, lightly ties into this whole occult thing that we had going on. Um, it's a fun little game. I really recommend it, particularly if you're into these kind of, like, exploratory point-and-click puzzly things. Um, it's not too scary, so, you know, if you're a little bit apprehensive, I think, you know, you can probably handle it. You know, no one's, nothing's jumping out at you or anything like that, but it's got um, a really effective soundtrack. The protagonist, even though you're literally just, like, a glowy dot is like very likable um it really hooked me into wanting to know what happened to the family uh it takes place in the backdrop of 1940s europe and as you play through the game you see these like hints and perspectives about how things like how world war ii was kind of affecting the world around blackwood manor and it's like nearby village during this like 40 missing years like period um and i really like the way the game looks stylistically as well uh my only criticisms are that a few of those puzzles are so exceedingly difficult, um, yeah. and they are, but I mean, that's normal for <laughs> kind of like point-and-click adventure games. That's pretty yeah, standard. Yeah, and kind of survival horror with a puzzle, you're probably going to have to look it up at some point. I absolutely had to look it up, particularly the ones that I had to look up um, were related to music, and I am not particularly musically inclined. Um, mm -hmm. If you are musically inclined, maybe these puzzles would not be difficult for you, but I struggled. Um, but thankfully, even though it's like a, a pretty like indie game, there are a few uh, walkthroughs 
out there. So, you know, if you do have to Google it, it's not, you'll find what you're looking for. Um, and I think there might be some people who have mixed feelings about the ending, um, but I won't say anything else because I don't want to spoil it. But, yep, that's my little recommendation is I think, you know, as we're sliding into the creepy peeps, uh, maybe check out Goetia. Um, I have two, like, quick Switch ones as well. Um, Ooh! One, one, I think, it, yeah, it's on Switch. We're playing it on Game Pass, but it's, um, which there's, I'm not gonna, like, drop an ad for Game Pass, but, like, there's a lot of really cool stuff on there, and it's gonna get, like, even better seasonally. But, um, there's a game called Carrion. I posted an image on our social media about it. It's, like, basically, you are an unspeakable horror, and you go, and you, like, are just kind of, kind of reminds me of, um, not Limbo, but the other one that they did inside. Is that the one that looks like, um, you're on, like, a, in a, like, an underground bunker, like, in a spaceship Mm -hmm. or something, maybe? It's, like, a research base. Okay. And then you're just, like, this red, like, pulsating blob, and you go around, and you get the story, and you kill people. And, um, it's really, like, just kind of, like, gross and, like, fun, and (laughs) it's just, like, it's lighthearted. I like it. Um, and then the other one is that I haven't actually played this, but I found out that the creator of Rule of Rose, and if you know anything about our history together, we used to do Rule of Rose playthroughs on YouTube. And the creator of Rule of Rose has, like, tied a lot of Rule of Rose elements into a, like, almost shmup style game that's available on the Switch, and it's called Blackbird. Mm. Yep, yep. I, I think... You have shown me the trailer for both of those, and they do both look very, very cool, and I am extremely interested to check them out. Just fun, fun spooks. Fun spooks. So, you you guys want a not fun spook? Oof, I guess so. Yeah. Always. Okay. So, I, like, have really hesitated, but we've talked about creepypastas, and this is, like, this is the creepypasta for me that I have always, like, been like, ew, I hate that so much. I wish that this... I had never read it, so I'm gonna, you know, put it on you guys. All right, I'm ready. So I'm gonna just go ahead and trigger warning literally everything. If you are sensitive about graphic content or, quote, sick shit on the internet, don't listen. Just skip to the next episode. Okay, so this, I don't even know what I'm gonna tag this as because I really don't want this word in our searches, but it's called normal porn for normal people you know we can just use the word creepypasta yeah i was like thinking we could put like np np maybe okay so everybody knows that if you search the web long enough you'll see some pretty sick shit this is especially true if you intentionally dwell on into the dark underbelly of the internet I've seen quite a few things that I don't care to admit to, but one thing I'll always remember is a site called normalpornfornormalpeople.com. The first strange thing about the site was that I didn't find it by actually looking for it. It was emailed to me by someone I don't know. The email it was as follows. Hi there. Found this site. It's very nice. I thought you might like. Normalpornfornormalpeople.com. Pass it on for the good of mankind. Pretty standard issued chain letter. Although the URL and the last remark really piqued my curiosity. I was having a very boring day when I got this, so I made sure my antivirus was working and then I clicked on it. It was a very average, very generic looking site. It gave the impression that the creators barely gave a shit about making it look professional. 
The author seemed to have a very tenuous grasp on the English language, and on the front page was a long and boring, incoherent rant that I don't remember or have saved. The site had a strange tagline, which even today people haven't figured out the meaning of, which was, Normal Porn for Normal People, a website dedicated to the eradication of abnormal sexuality. And from the sound of that, I wasn't sure if I was here to watch porn or if I had stumbled onto some kind of eugenics program. But I was here now, and I was very, very curious to see what normal people got their rocks off to. So I scrolled down through the rant and nothing. The page didn't seem to link anywhere else. I was about to leave when I noticed that every word of the rant had its own hyperlink. So I clicked on one of them and was sent to a white page with a very long list of links in the form of normalpornfornormalpeople.com slash random letters. So I stopped for a minute and I asked myself, if I really want to waste God knows how much time clicking on random links that will likely give me a virus and R-word my computer. I figured I'd just try it for maybe five minutes just to see if anything came up. I clicked on one of the links and it was set, sent to another page. This page apparently had totally different URLs than the last one. And I was just about to say fuck this when I clicked on the third link and a video download came up. And it was called peanut.avi. It was a 30-minute video of a man, a woman, and a dog in a kitchen. The woman would make a peanut butter sandwich, and the, the man would sit down, set it down for the dog, and the dog would eat it. This is all that happened for 30 minutes. It was obvious that the cameraman had to stop filming it and wait until the dog was ready to eat again, and the dog seemed rather sick by the end of it. I know what you're thinking. What the hell does that have to do with porn? I have no clue. I've seen over a two dozen videos from the site and the majority had no sexual activity at all. After watching peanut.avi, I went on a search certain image board I frequent to, to play online show and tell, like I always do with weird shit like this, but someone had already made a thread about it. Some guy who had received the same chain letter I did, and the image board thread got lots of people with nothing better to do to dig through the site, and that's how I saw the other videos. Most of those two dozen videos were very uneventful and consisted of people talking to the cameraman in a room with nothing in it but a desk and a few chairs. I mean literally nothing on the walls in terms of furniture. The whole room had a very cold and sterile feel to it. The conversations were just idle banter about previous jobs or embarrassing childhood moments. I kept expecting some kind of discussion about what the people were filming or what the site was about, but of course, nothing. You would never know that these videos had anything to do with porn if you saw it out of context. I will say one thing though, the people who appeared in these videos were quite attractive. However, the other videos that actually did feature content, which I suppose could be called sexual, is where things got weird. I'll give brief descriptions of the stranger videos. If you're really eaten up by curiosity, you can try to go hunt them down. LickedClean.avi a 10-minute video filmed by a hidden camera, which we see a repairman working on a washing mach machine for two minutes. When it's fixed, the repairman talks to the owner briefly and then leaves. The owner makes sure that the repairman is gone, and then he begins to lick all over the top of the washing machine. This goes on for seven minutes. Jimbo.avi A five-minute video of an obese mime performing his act. It was actually pretty funny, particularly the last where, uh, part where he pretends to pull up a chair and then pretends that it breaks because of his weight. In the last 30 seconds of the video, the camera cuts to static briefly and cuts back to the man sobbing quietly, wearing the still wearing the mime outfit and the makeup. 
some kind of obscure fetish. Deanna.avi. Uh, four minute video, which the cameraman talks to a woman in a room different from the interview room. This room looks like one that you'd find in a normal person's house. Exactly where they are is never specified, as Deanna only talks about her violin playing. She obviously plays her violin, but she keeps getting distracted by something. I didn't notice this until someone on the image board pointed it out, but if you look at the mirror in the background, you can see a fat man in a chicken mask masturbating. Jessica.avi Another four-minute cameraman video. This time, he's outside of a house and talking to another young woman. They talk about canoe rides. The cameraman zooms out to reveal the city streets behind them occasionally. The strange thing is, no one has been able to identify where this street is. Guesses have ranged anywhere from Europe to Australia to the Philippines, but there is yet to be a match for the street shown in the video. Tongtai.avi 10-minute video. The first five minutes consist of an elderly woman making out with a mannequin. The video cuts out like it did in Jimbo.avi halfway through, and the scene is now a group of mannequins huddled together in a circle around the camera. The lights have been dimmed, and the elderly woman is nowhere to be seen. From this point on, there is no sound. Stumps.avi Five-minute long video where a man with no legs is attempting to break dance on a DDR mat in what looks like the kitchen from Peanut.avi, but much dirtier. There is a radio playing music in the background, but it stops at the four-minute mark when the man collapses on the mat in exhaustion. He breathes heavily and pleads with someone off-camera to let him rest. This off-screen person becomes terrifyingly enraged and yells at him to keep dancing, which he does. You can hear this off-screen person begin to scream as the video ends abruptly. Privacy.avi The woman from Deanna.avi is masturbating on a mattress in the interview room, while the man from Stumps.avi walks around on his hands while wearing some kind of goblin mask. The door in this room was always closed in the other videos, but now it's open. This is the video where the light is on in the room and the hallway is dark. Near the end of the video, you can see an animal quickly run through the hallway. And finally, the last video we uncovered. Useless.avi Angry Chimpanzee In this 18-minute video, a blonde woman from the previous interview is tied down to a mattress in the interview room. She attempts to scream, but her mouth is taped over. After seven minutes, a man in a black suit and mask opens the door, but he does not enter. He holds the door open for an animal that was for the same animal that was running in the previous video in the hallway. It's revealed to be an adult chimpanzee. Its hair shaved and its entire body painted red. It seemed to be starved and abused, with several wounds along its shoulders and back. When the chimp enters the room, the masked man closes the door behind it. The chimpanzee sniffs the air for a moment. It may have been blind and notices the woman tied to the mattress. It goes into a frenzy and begins to maul her. The assault goes on for a grueling seven minutes until the woman finally dies. The chimp eats the flesh from her corpse for four minutes as the video ends. The thread exploded with activity after this video was uncovered and people discussed it long into the night. When I came back to the image board the next day, I found that the thread had been deleted. I tried to start another one and they banned me. I tried emailing the guy who sent the chain letter with the site's URL, sent him five messages, and never got a response. I have tried to discuss this website on various places, and I have been banned frequently. 
The site itself was also deleted about three days after useless.avi was uncovered, likely because someone contacted the authorities about it. The only proof that normal porn for normalpeople.com ever existed was a few screen caps people took and videos from the site that people saved and uploaded on torrents, the most popular of which being useless.avi, which found its way onto a few gore sites. Wherever you upload them to, all of the videos from normal, normal porn for normalpeople.com get deleted after a while. Yeah, isn't it awful? It's pretty bad. I, it reminds me of, I think, like, there was a creepypasta I remember reading. And, like, I think it's one of those ones that when I go back to revisit it, sometimes I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. But the first time I read it, I was like, whoa, no, it, uh, well, no. But it was, um called barbie.avi and I feel like it could almost like have it's that what it describes could almost belong in one of those video files interesting maybe I'll, I'll share that one one up. time maybe that's what yeah. I'll do next time yeah that sounds good I mean it sounds bad but <laughs> <laughs> that was really interesting I I did enjoy that a lot I and I enjoy a good creepypasta that uh, doesn't necessarily rely on the, the supernatural, mm-hmm. even though those are some of my favorites. I, it's nice to get a good, like, internet weird one, and it does yeah. have a ring of, like, authenticity to it. Like, I could absolutely believe uh, some of the stuff That's exists. That's the creepiest part about it, mm-hmm. is that you could see this probably exists somewhere, especially, like, God, I don't know if I ever really want to, but I... One of the worst, like, true crime cases that I know of is the Peter Scully situation. Mm-hmm. Um, which he made a... Just to summarize quickly, he made a video of, um... Little girl porn, and the one of the little girls in the video passed away. And he ended up getting caught, and there was a whole, like, ring, and it was awful. Um, but because videos like that have existed on the internet, it's not that hard to believe that something like this also could. And it also reminds me of, um, a little bit, the thing, uh, I've seen some, like, YouTubers do videos about this, and I, I honestly don't know what to make of it. I'm not sure if it's something I would ever cover for this show, because I just don't know what it means. Um, but there's, like, a subset of people on YouTube who, like, uh, have videos about like baby monkeys and the comments are full of people who are like I fucking hate baby monkeys baby monkeys should all get their heads smashed into the ground and like really really like violent comments about baby monkeys why nobody knows um some people think that it's like a metaphor uh some people think it's like literal like people who really just don't like baby monkeys some people think it's uh, like a code word for children um I don't know it's it's really strange maybe maybe I will talk about it someday but I don't, I don't know what to talk about because I don't, yeah, I don't even no understand. Yeah. Just very disturbing. It's just really weird. Um, yeah. but the, the, like the chimpanzee, this like adult chimpanzee that's appears to be like abused and that's being kept in poor conditions, um, makes me think of like somebody who has this like, I hate baby chimps thing going on that like, this is the end result or something. Yeah. It kind of does seem like it could be related. <laughs> um, I think that they do a good job of, like, interspersing stuff that's, like, weird, but not that weird. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then they, like, really hit you with the real bad shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know, one of the most disturbing ones to me is the people feeding the dog a sandwich over and over. That one did make me feel kind of sick. I hate that. Mm-hmm. 
don't do that. No. But it's not explicit. It's just, you know it's bad for dog. Yeah. Ugh, no. Well, thank you for sharing that nightmare with me. You're welcome, and also I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything uh, you want to mention before we start to wrap it up? I mean, we could talk about delicious coffee, I suppose. We could talk about delicious coffee. We wanted to let you guys know again that we are partnered with Grinding Coffee Company. They are an excellent coffee company who makes excellent coffee. And if you go on their website, which is grindingcoffee.co, you can get 13% off your order with the code THEXIIIClub. Yes. Uh, I actually, I got some in the mail yesterday. I ordered their pumpkin spice, and I am excited nice. to try it. I will I let you know. hear about it. <laughs> the one that they released one that I'm like, oh god, I think I have to order it. But did you see the Mexican chocolate one? Yes. Oh my gosh. Is that one out yet, or is it just coming soon? I don't know, but either way, I have to get it. Mexican chocolate, Mm -hmm. y'all. We are also lucky enough to be partnered with Audible. Um, Yes. So you can go to our, like, I guess link, you would call it. It's audibletrial.com slash XIII club, I believe. Yes. And um, if you sign up for Audible with us, you get a 30 day free trial membership uh, and along with that is uh, two free audible exclusives and mm-hmm. one free audiobook that is yours to keep forever and ever um yeah of your choice even if you just their site even if you choose not to keep audible uh this book is still yours yes so uh, i would highly recommend that as the days get cooler and the nights get longer maybe you just like treat yourself to some nice coffee and a good audiobook and just like you know watch the the leaves blow down the street or whatever you know i got the i got that sandman audiobook <gasps> that i'm gonna listen to on my way to school and then also just as like a comfort item i got some of the carrie fisher books oh yeah yeah and i just i just want to listen listen to her and be close to her in some way I feel that. I feel that. All right. Oh, we also, I guess, quickly, quickly, just like we should always remember to do, but we don't. um, Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, uh, we have social media. We are on, like, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all some variation of at the 13 Club. um, But you can find all of them on our website, which is 13club.com. Yes. And uh, that's also where you can find more information about our affiliates. Uh, All of our episode notes for our full-length episodes get put up there. You can listen to our episodes there. Um, That's also a good place where you can contact us. Uh, There's a link to email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you have a request, if you have a scary story you want to share with us, um, and especially leave us a review on iTunes. um, Because it helps us get heard by other people so we can share these terrible, terrible creepypastas. (laughs) Yeah, with more and more people. Club up. You gotta share it for what was it for the good of the for the good of the world? Is oh that what they God. said? For the good of mankind. Right? For the good of mankind. For the good of mankind. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Pass it on for the good of mankind is what it says. <laughs> God. Okay. Thanks, guys. We will talk at you next week. See ya. Bye.